When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Tudor's Dynasty Podcast. And now, Rebecca Larson. Welcome to episode 118. I'm your host, Rebecca Larson. On today's episode, Leanda Delisle joins us again for Ask the Expert with Steph, and they chat about an heir to the Tudor throne that we really haven't discussed before, Arbella Stewart, a fascinating woman who actually married a Seymour. And since this is Ask the Expert, Leanda is going to answer your questions that you submitted on social media. So if you'd like to make sure one of your questions can get asked, be sure to follow Tudor's Dynasty on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, wherever you can find us. And keep a lookout for the call out on questions, which comes out every other week. Now, things are really beginning to come together for the new season, which starts in September, and I have just about filled up my guest list and need to decide what order to deliver the topics to you in, and it's so exciting to get to this part. I can't wait for the new season to start. Now, since the last episode, I do want to welcome and thank four new patrons over at Patreon, Brittany B., Kelsey M., Erica with a K and Jacqueline E. And of course, a shout out to all of my existing patrons too. A full list can be found at TudorsDynastyPodcast.com. All right, it's time to talk Tudors with Leanda Delisle. And now, Ask the Expert. Hello and welcome back to Ask the Expert with Tudors Dynasty. I'm your host, Steph Storer, and I'm here with the brilliant and talented author historian, Leanda Delisle. Welcome, Leanda. Thank you for joining us. It's a pleasure to be on. Thank you. Now, as you know, we're here to chat about one of the most fascinating, in in my opinion anyway, uh, figures in Tudor history, Arbella Stewart. And yet, for some reason, we don't all necessarily talk about her too much. So before we jump into the listener questions, which we're always so grateful to have, can you tell us a little bit about um, a little bit of background about Arbella and maybe why she's significant to Tudor fans? Well, she's a sort of fascinating and rather sort of tragic figure. Uh, She was a highly educated uh, cousin of both Elizabeth I and uh, James I, the first Stuart King. Um, And this made her life very difficult, really, because she was a rival to both um, James and Elizabeth and spent much of her her life essentially as a prisoner of of her grandmother, um, so it's um, like something out of a sort of gothic novel, really, this poor girl. An attractive, intelligent young woman shut up in a great country mansion for much of her youth. But who rebelled against that and, um, and, and even managed to marry, although that was to end in tragedy. Yes, and we will definitely get to that because that's a juicy one. So our first question comes from Deborah Rines. Um, she wanted to know, we know that Arbella was raised mostly by her grandmother, Bess of Hardwick, who we really should just have her own segment on her, too, because she was awesome to talk about. But 
Um, Deborah asks us if you could help us understand the relationship they had and what her childhood was like growing up with her. Well, Bess of Hardwick um, began her career, you might say, as a a lady-in-waiting to the mother of Lady Jane Grey, the Nine Days Queen, who um, many of your listeners will know all about. Um, And uh, Lady Jane Grey was a highly, highly educated uh, young woman, very intelligent. And uh, I think Bess had seen this, and she wanted her royal uh, granddaughter to have a similar level of education. And this is what she gave her. She gave her uh, the kind of education really a man uh, would have had in those days. And she was a very clever girl, so she could speak, as Lady Jane Grey did, several languages um, and um, was quite a sort of, quite a sort of formidable, had quite a formidable intellect. Um, so I think that side was, I suppose, in a way quite positive. And uh, what was not so positive was that uh, Bess was a rather narcissistic uh, personality. If any of you have been to her house, Hardwick Hall in Derbyshire, you notice she has her initials in enormous stone initials on top of them, uh, said, telling everyone, this is my my great house and here I am, marvellous me. Can we all uh, do that? And, <laughs> well, we might all do that, but um, poor old <laughs> Bella was kind of... Um, was was created, you might say, as a tool of Bess's ambition and um, and remained so really for the whole of her life. So uh, she would be pushed forward if that uh, suited Bess and the Queen and she was held back when it did not. And, um, and uh, poor Arbella grew to resent enormously her, her grandmother who kept her shut up at Hardwick. Can we talk a little bit, before I ask the next question about uh, from the Tudor age about Elizabeth's funeral. I think before we even get to that, maybe you can give us a little insight into Arbella's relationship with Elizabeth I. Well, Arbella was again also a pawn of um, of Elizabeth. Elizabeth was always uh, worried, and, and with good reason too, um, that um, given half a chance you know, her opponents would, would would replace her with somebody else. And so she looked at all her potential heirs um, with great mistrust, um, and Arbella was one of them. But it, she was also, I suppose, useful as, an, as a potential heir because it meant that she could be dangled in front of other dangerous individuals as a possible bride. She was brought to court in um, 1587, because Elizabeth wanted to sort of dangle her at court as a potential bride of the Duke of Parma, who was going to um, help lead the Spanish Armada. And she wanted, I suppose, him to have a reason not to be too helpful to Philip II in leading the Spanish Armada. Um, And then um, when uh, the Spanish Armada was defeated in 1588 and, uh, uh, and, and Arbella seemed to be attracting a little too much attention at court, uh, and there seemed to be a party growing around her. Then Elizabeth sent her back to the countryside, um, brought her out again briefly in 1593, uh, back at court. Uh, and again, when she seemed to be attracting too much attention, um, packed her off uh, back to um, Hardwick, to her grandmother, where indeed she was to stay until, you know, until Elizabeth's, until Elizabeth's death in 1603. So that was a long time for a young woman to stay shut up in the countryside. Sure. Poor Bella. Yeah. 
Well, so you mentioned now the death of Elizabeth I. So this definitely brings us to the Tudor ages question. Um, It is said that the Marchioness of Northampton was given the role of chief mourner during her procession over Arbella Stewart. Some think that she should have been. So can you confirm whether or not this happened? And if so, can you help us understand why? Yes, it did happen. And um, Arbella uh, refused the role. That's why she wasn't chief mourner. She refused the role. She said that Elizabeth had refused to allow her to come into her presence during her lifetime. So she wasn't going to appear now. She was dead. That's kind of a rock star answer, don't you think? My goodness. He was, oh, yeah, well, she knew. Yes, she had spirit, Arbella. She knew. She did have, she did have great um, spirit. Um, she fought against um, the, the terrible conditions in which she had really been kept. I mean, clearly. Comfortable but miserable. A kind of. Right, exactly. Cage, I'd say a gilded cage she was kept in all her life, really. So now we're going to come to the question that is on everybody's mind. I can't even tell you how many times we've got this particular question, but I will give a shout out to Katie Ray, Samantha Dillon, uh, Crystalyn, Buchanan1234. And I'm sorry if there are other people that I missed, but this seems to be the question of the day. So we know that Arbella was thought to possibly be a good idea as a successor to Elizabeth I. So how did that come about? Did she think that she was going to be the next queen? And then what happened? How did she get stopped? Um, and then something came up along the way where then obviously James took over after Elizabeth died. So where was the disconnect there? Okay. <laughs> Big intake of breath. So um, we're listening. Avella <laughs> was descended from. Um, Henry VIII's elder sister, Margaret Tudor, who married James IV of Scots, um, as indeed was King James. And this is why they were both heirs to the Tudor crown. They were both of Tudor descent through Henry VIII's elder sister. Now, there was an argument that although James um, was superior in sort of English common law, had he actually been English, um, because he was the um, son of James IV, um, whereas of Scots, whereas um, uh, Arbella was the descendant of Margaret Tudor and her second husband. Um, Even so, she was English born and he was not. He was foreign born. And some argued that this excluded him from the English throne. Therefore, she had more rights than he did. Just to complicate matters further, um, the whole English succession by this time had really been, it was really a matter that had been fixed by statute. So Elizabeth I really had no claim in English common law because she was illegitimate. She had been declared illegitimate uh, by Parliament um, and this had never been revoked. However, Parliament had also um, declared her to be the heir of her sister, Mary Tudor, uh, and therefore she was queen. But under the same statute that made Elizabeth queen, uh, the Stuarts, which included Arbella and James, had been demoted in line of succession below the descendants of Henry VIII's younger sister, 
um, who were the sort of Grey sisters, Lady Jane Grey, Lady Catherine Grey, and so forth. And Lady Catherine Grey did have two sons who were living. And um, so people thought, well, maybe we could have Arbella as queen because, you know, she's she's in English, in, in she's English born and James isn't. And then other people thought, oh, well, if we marry her to a son of Catherine Grey, then it kind of doubles up. It'll double up the right, their right. And then they'll definitely, we'll definitely be able to choose them over James. So it was sort of people who didn't want James to become king supported Arbella and some of them also fancied her marrying uh, a, a, a Seymour, um, well, uh, who, who were the children of, uh, the sons of, um, of Lady Catherine Grey. Does that make any sense at all? It's very complicated, I'm afraid. It sure does. And I'm glad you mentioned her marriage because love lives and marriages, especially secret ones, are always a favorite around here. Yes. So I think you had mentioned even both Arbella and her secret husband, William Seymour, both had claims to the throne. So I'd love to hear a little bit of background on how they met and why they got married. Did they have this wedding because they were both ambitious or did they have this wedding because they were actually in love with each other? Um, And then we'll get into how it turned out a little bit later. Well, I mean, to make it even more, but I think this part of the thing is there you are, poor Arbella sitting in your twenties, spending your twenties sitting at Hardwick with your vicious old grandmother bossing you about. Um, and uh, so she, you know, would obviously she had a lot of time reading, and she heard the story. And of course, her grandmother was obsessed with the Greys, and she knew the story of Lady Catherine Grey and how she had married uh, Edward Seymour, Earl of Hertford, in secret. Uh, and indeed, this secret marriage had been copied um, by her parents um, at the insistence of their grandmothers. Um, and so her parents had also been married quite secretly. And so she was thinking, oh, maybe I could marry secretly too. And her first hope was to marry um, this guy, this this boy, Edward Seymour, the, the son of Catherine Grey and, 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 and the Earl of Hertford. That didn't work out. That all went completely pear-shaped in just because it all happened around the time Elizabeth was dying. Um, and then... Later, much later, sort of 1610, uh, she secretly married his younger brother, William, who was a few years younger than her. Now, indeed, why did that happen? Was it love? What was it? Well, I think in her case, she just wanted to get married. She wanted to get married. She probably wanted to have children. Um, she wanted to marry someone of appropriate rank because that's the way people thought in those days. Um, you know, it was, it was dishonorable to marry someone who wasn't of equal rank. William Seymour was of equal rank since he was also of royal descent. She may well have fallen in love with him, um, or she may have been in love with the idea of being in love. I don't think in her case it had anything to do with ambition. I think in the case of her husband, William, it's a different story. Uh, I suspect in his case it was very much about ambition. And um, indeed, Years later, and long after she had died, um, he was, for example, still trying to prove the secret marriage of his grandmother, Lady Catherine Grey. Um, so he was still showing he was showing an interest in his right to the throne right up to the to the time of the accession of Charles I, when James was sort of you know, was an old man, and even after he died. Um, so I think in William's case, it did have something to do with ambition. In Arbella's case, less so. 
Well, now Kristen M. wants to talk about the cherry on top of this just wretched life she's been leading, um, living in the gilded cage, as you called it, right, Uh, was her imprisonment. So can you help us understand why she was imprisoned and then kind of those last years of her life um, and then death? Because I think she died while she was in the tower. Is that correct? Yes, she did. Isn't it awful? Yes, poor thing. Um, Yes, well... (laughs) She had read the story of Lady Catherine Grey, um, and so she should have seen what happened to Lady Catherine Grey. Um, Lady Catherine Grey married in secret Edward Seymour, Earl of Hertford, and when Elizabeth I found out, she had um, them both imprisoned. And uh, Catherine Grey uh, died eventually, still imprisoned, um, aged 28, uh, she seemed she was she was clearly suffering from depression. She was separated from her husband. She was separated from her elder son, and um, she stopped eating. Um, and it's notable that in the case of Arbella as well, um, she tried to escape after she was imprisoned. After the after it became came out that she was married to William, she was imprisoned. She tried to escape to France. Um, she was captured. Uh, she was placed in the tower, and she also appears to have stopped eating. Um, and I hesitate to say she starved herself to death, but I think, you know, she was sufficiently weakened that she that she died, um, and 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 really just lost lost the will to live, which is just you know terrible, really. I think so. The 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 the, 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 the Depression in the Tudor family is not something that's really been looked at. It is always very difficult sort of discussing these things with people who are long dead. But you look at um, Catherine of Aragon, who also went through phases when she didn't eat and she became very thin. She was clearly sort of depressed. Um, Mary Tudor as well and Elizabeth Tudor, both as well, would go through phases when they would not eat, when they would become extremely thin. Um, Catherine Grey... Her, her, her jailer believed that that she had deliberately was deliberately starving herself, um, and then you saw it again with 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 Arbella. It's not really something that's been looked into much, but I I've noticed a connection between all these women in that respect. I've actually heard that before too, and I can't remember where, but that's an interesting point. I mean, there's there's not much control that they have elsewhere, right? So that's the one thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, now, these subjective type questions are always so hard to answer. So I do know that going into this. But from your perspective, do you think that she had a good shot and should have ended up as Elizabeth's successor? Ooh, did she have a good shot? Um, it was possible um, if... The Earl of Essex had stayed alive. Uh, there was, there does seem to be Rob, Robert Sissel, um, you know, um, who was a great enemy of Elizabeth's, last, you know, last favourite, the Earl of Essex. Essex, while he was alive, supported James. So Robert Sissel was looking for somebody else to support, and he appears, in fact, to have been thinking of a potential marriage between Arbella uh, Stuart and um, Edward you know, Edward Seymour, William's elder brother. 
these boys were actually kinsmen of the Sissels, interestingly, and their history goes back a long way, right to the, you know, to before. Well, of course, I mean, his father had actually been on Lady Jane Grey's council. People forget that. Um, but after Essex was executed, the Earl of Essex was executed, then that cleared the way for Robert Cecil to suck up to James, which he did. He felt that James was the stronger candidate, which he probably was. And you know, at that point, you know, our brother didn't stand a noble's chance in hell, really. I mean, she did have some supporters. Sir Walter Raleigh uh, was one. Um, and there was a sort of plot in 1600 through, 1603, I'm sorry, um, to possibly put her on the throne, but it never really stood any realistic chance of success. Well, thank you so much for being on with us today, Leanda. We, I, I personally love the story of Arbella, so I'm so happy to have had you on and be able to answer all these questions so eloquently. You always, you're a great guest to have on, so thanks a lot. Um, and before we let you go, I just want to talk a little bit about where people can find you on social media if they have any more questions, how we can follow you. And of course, please let us know um, about some books that we can buy that are yours and where can we find them? Well, if you're interested in any of the sort of Tudor royal figures, you might like uh, my book, Tudor, The Family Story, uh, which is the whole story of the sort of Tudor succession um, and has really all the family members in it, obscure and famous. Uh, or you might want one of the Grey sisters. If you're interested in Lady Jane Grey and her sisters, there's the sisters who would be queen. Uh, but I've got a number of books, and you can find them all on my web- website, leanderdelisle.com, L-E-A-N-D-A-D-E-L-I-S-L-E. And I'm also on Twitter. I do have a Facebook page, but there's something that seems to have gone hideously wrong with it, and I don't really use it much. <laughs> so uh, probably Twitter would be better. We'll stick with Twitter. And I will say that I will vouch for your book, The Sisters Who Would Be Queen. That was a great one. So much information, yet so easy to follow and read. It's a great one. So everybody check that out for sure. Thank you. So thanks again, Leanda. And we'll let you go. And I just want to say thank you again to all our listeners who write in with all the questions. We couldn't do this without you guys. So uh, thanks again, Leanda. Have a great day. Thank you very much. And that concludes this episode of the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoy the show, please show your support by leaving a review wherever you listen. Reviews are some of the greatest gifts that you can leave a podcaster because it suggests their show to people who may not have even known it existed. So thank you so much for your support. Thanks for checking out the Tudor's Dynasty podcast. Read more. Read more on the blog at TudorsDynasty.com. Follow Tudor's Dynasty on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to Tudor's Dynasty on iTunes. Thanks for listening.